How's it going? Great, we finally made it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I was uh, I was telling Martin that uh, we've been talking for quite a long time. Yeah, for for some months, I think. Yeah. Since since uh, spring. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Then all were busy all summer long. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good time to talk now. Everyone's excited. Yes. I've cool. just been uh, waxing a board. That's how exciting I am. Really? Where are you going? Oh, I'm not going anywhere for ages. It's for my son. I just oh, okay. I, found, I found it in the loft, and it's uh, it's been in the loft for for, ages. Like, for years. Yeah, it's my wife's old one, and um, <laughs> is really really dry and and knackered. But so I've got it out because he's yes. finally grown big enough to use it. Yeah, I just built a first board for my son. He's one year old now. Actually, it's a power serve. I have to wax it. <laughs> he's one. Well, yeah, that's really early. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I hope he's he's still not walking, so he still has one month before. But it's okay if he stands. It's okay. He doesn't yeah. need to walk just to well, stand. Sno snowboard's more important than walking. So uh, yeah, yeah. Get them on the snowboard first. I I think it is easier to just stand. <laughs> yeah maybe is that oh, a it... background with loads of snowboard kit around it sorry is that a, a, a baby's bed with yeah, 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 stuff yeah. on top of it <laughs> yes some split boards yes <laughs> yeah he, he still he still uh doesn't use his uh, room because he is one year old and now i'm building my own office uh and then he'll get this room yeah nice Oh, okay. He's still in the bed with you guys, is he? Yeah. Are you getting any sleep? Oh, not much. <laughs> I don't know when it gets better. I hope soon. I think when they go to university. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe he will never go to university. <laughs> That's a problem then. everybody welcome to the backdrop journal ffs podcast with me pete coombs and today we've got martin or marty on the call hi marty hello mate how's it going i'm sound yeah very very good and we've also got the great pleasure of join being joined by yuri sogda no that's wrong is that right sogda yuri sogda Right, I'll get there yeah, in the end. Better, of, uh, thanks. Cool. <laughs> of uh, Moonchild Snowboards and uh, Skunkwork Snowboards yeah. too. So, hi, Yuri, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. Uh, season is coming, anticipation is high. It's the best time of the year. Yep, yeah, yeah, I'm super excited too. As I said, I've been <clears throat> waxing away this morning, trying yeah. to keep warm. It's bloody freezing here in the UK. So I've got the really? fire going and uh, I've been waxing, waxing away. So I'm pretty warm and, and ready. And uh, yeah, chuffed to be able to chat with you today. Um, where are you at the moment? Uh, I'm in Slovenia, actually, where I live. Um, I live in Slovenian Alps, really close to Austrian Italian border. So I have all the <clears throat> Alps really close to my home. Uh, so I write a lot in Austria, Slovenia, or in Italy. Okay, and you are Slovenian, yeah, by birth? Yes, yeah, born and raised here. And um, <clears throat> I've been to Slovenia. Is it fair to say that the, the actual ski resorts are, are quite small? Yes, they're quite similar to Austrian ski resorts, but way smaller because we don't have so such big mountains. Uh, our highest mountain is 2,600 meters, so I mean, we don't have 2,000 meters like Austrians, but they're pretty similar setups than in Austria, but smaller. And is, is there um, a very good sort of backcountry scene? Yeah, actually it is. We have one famous ski resort. It's called Wogo Ski Ski Resort. It's where the Lake Bokin is, and this is probably the best one in Slovenia for, for backcountry skiing, for freeride, snowboarding. There is all the Snow, Slovenian snowboarding scene at the ski resort Wogo, actually. So I, I'm pretty sure that I went there about 
20 years ago and it had a a one person chairlift that sort of came yeah, out did they the show, hotel. yeah yeah they should replace it with the more modern um, lifts now but yeah 20 years ago there was one person chairlift true and do you remember right yeah, did, yeah, you sit, did you sit did you sit sideways on it you didn't even no, sit no, looking no, up no, the hill no 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 sideways oh it wasn't sideways oh it must be a different no. Actually, yeah, actually, there is still one uh, historic chairlift at that resort. Now I remember, yeah. So, there, yeah, we have pretty old uh, chairlifts here. <laughs> They're replacing them slowly now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I remember it was brilliant. We were sort of perched in a hotel that was, you know, right on the edge of the cliff. Yeah, yeah, they be, back and, probably, sort of... and, and, and at the bottom is the lake. Yeah, that must be yeah. the better resort, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's it brilliant. Mm. yeah, we had good snow. In fact, loads of it was shot because there was a lot of avalanches everywhere and stuff. Like all the lower, yeah, actually, thing had big slides over them. And so, yeah, it's pretty dangerous resort if you go off the pistes. Yeah, you've got to know what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, do you want to tell us a bit about how you got into snowboarding then? When did you did your parents ski and stuff? Or, yeah, actually, like. A lot of Slovenians, uh, like I started skiing, parents introduced me to skiing and I was um, uh, I was training skiing the whole uh, primary school, so for eight years. And I was really enthusiastic about skiing, but then later in fifth, sixth grade, it became kind of boring for me because uh, it was more like an obligation and no more fun for me. And you have those uh, trainers who tell you how to how to lean, where to put your uh, knees. So it was obligation and no fun for me. And at that time, I started skateboarding. And then my brother started snowboarding. And the, the logical step was for me to try snowboarding as well. So when I went to uh, secondary school, it was in 94, 95 season. I have started snowboarding. It, 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 it was totally different than skiing. It was it meant freedom to me, not obligation. So it still means the same to me today. Cool. So you got your brother to thank. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Prob but yeah, I was skateboarder, so I'm still skateboarder. So probably I would start snowboarding anyway, with or without him. Oh, that's cool. How many uh, have you just got the one brother or have you got? Yeah, other siblings. Yeah, yeah okay. but then he then then he quit snowboarding and he's back on skis. I never went. Back. So he's, he's I, a disgrace. I, yeah, I I never I never went back to skis. Oh, okay, you know you never went back on a set of skis since. No, since then. Right. Actually, right. I made a, a license for ski instructor and then I totally quit. Okay. That's cool. Well, I I'd, I'd not gone back to skis either. I was the same as you, until it came to teaching the kids. Oh, because okay. teaching the kids to snowboard on a snowboard is actually really really hard. Um, and what I did is I went to Telemark and I just learned Telemark for fun okay. when they were learning to snowboard. Um, so yeah, I recommend that. <laughs> okay, that Telemark must be challenging. It's not too. You know, you know what? It's not as hard as you think. Okay, it's it's good fun. <laughs> cool. I, I will try to teach my kids on snowboard. I want to try it. Yeah, I, what I, I recommend is a, is a very I long still, tether. I, yeah, because I still have those skis from eighties, which are straight side cut, no, not carving skis. So it would be really, I would look funny if I would come with those skis to the ski slope. Yeah, as long as you can do a snowplow, you'll be all right. But one of the good things to do is is tether them. If you tether like a sort of, I used a climbing rope and I just put a climbing rope and that they could hold on one hand and it just slows them down when they're very, very small. That's yeah. the key. And it doesn't mm. take long actually until they're doing it by themselves because both Pete and I are very experienced in teaching little kids how to snowboard, aren't we? <laughs> we are, yeah. Apart from I actually broke a rib teaching my really? daughter. Yeah. On a, on a snowboard. <laughs> Yeah, she it, fell over, yeah. and then I fell over, and I fell on top of the board and on my ribs, <laughs> broke a rib, and I was on my own with two kids in a hostel in Chatel, 
and it was bloody agony every morning getting out of bed. <laughs> but anyway, we persevered, you know. I don't know why I bothered because they both ski now. They they both. Yeah, know. that's a good thing for why it's good to help kids when you are younger. I'm also pretty. I'm already over 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 forty. Yeah, my son was born when I was forty or thirty nine. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. I you probably would have bent a bit more if I was twenty, but no, the ribs yeah. broke. <laughs> oh, anyway, so um, after you left school, I believe you studied aviation engineering. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I wanted to to become a pilot like many kids. Did you? Of course, yeah. Of course, it was too expensive for me or for my family. Was uh, yeah. So then, at the faculty, uh, I then decided to 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 shift to aviation engineering. So. Now I'm an aviation engineer by education, but I never worked in aviation. I worked in, I like, uh, I worked for 13 years like mechanical engineer in a company where where we draw plans for heavy machinery, for, for iron casting equipment, for iron, for iron milling equipment. And that was my job actually for 13 years. Wow, so it was a massive sea change when you started working for snowboard companies. Yeah, it was, yeah. Actually, um, I, in 2014, I saw a video titled, What Would You Do If Money Were Not, would not, were not An Object by Alan Watts? And that video changed my life completely. I started thinking about my life and I knew that I had to start something with skateboarding or with snowboarding and at that time eventually I was really lucky I got a job in R&D department at Alliance Snowboards and I thought that it would be my dream job but I quit after one month. One month? Yeah I quit and went back to my old job and start uh, learning how to build snowboards at home. So what was so bad? Why why only one month? Uh, actually, I wanted to design design snowboards, and uh, it was Elan is really big manufacturing company, and I quickly I have realized that uh, I would have to deal more with production than designing unique shapes, and uh, I would have to do snowboards like my bosses would tell me and uh, bosses were all skiers and there were no um, snowboarding spirit in the company. It's, it's, it's skiing company actually, but and it's anyway, it's hard to do some creative stuff in a big company because you can imagine if you make uh, one snowboard and it goes wrong, then thousands and thousands of snowboards are really bad. And in a small company, you can just build one or 10 snowboards and it's not a catastrophic if the if something is wrong with them so you can experiment more with, in a small company so that, that's an interesting point you made there you know i'm interested to know what the difference is between the sort of company culture within a ski company and the, uh, what the company culture is within a snowboard specific company oh yeah the first thing is there is no snowboarding talk in the company so i didn't have anyone to talk about snowboarding about what i like about culture of snowboarding they don't have a clue about culture of snowboarding so they they have great products they know how to make good snowboards and good skis well they quit doing snowboards they're just doing skis now but uh, you can't talk to anyone about history of snowboarding or about snowboarding tricks so it's it would be just another obligation for me and if I would keep that job I would not snowboard today anymore for sure because it will be just another obligation another job and I wanted to have fun in my life and do you think that then sort of being able to openly discuss tricks and the way people are riding and stuff leads back to design there's like a direct link just between chat and chat around the coffee yeah, machine, as it were, yes, to, to sure, actually yeah. what you'd put on the paper. Yeah, if you would talk about 
riders and driving styles that would be completely different i think not just to to, to draw perfect snowboard on a paper and not know a lot of, about snowboard style and how certain people are right right so i mean so within a bigger company you think it's more geared towards profit as opposed to r d well, and no, they also they also make a lot of R and D's. Uh, I did a lot of R and D, especially in skiing and also in snowboarding back in the days when they introduced Artex snowboards. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not the same. Maybe some snowboarding companies, which are uh, snowboard driven by snowboarders, maybe they have more snowboarding culture in them. I I miss snowboarding talking. Everything. Yeah. So when you left alone then and you started deciding that you wanted to make boards, but I mean, where where do you start with that? Yeah, I have started on the internet. I have started searching on the internet how to make simple tools, how to build press at home, how to build my first snowboard. So I was, I was probably reading snowboarding forums for six months before I, start, I have started building. There is a, there was really good Ski, skibuilders.com page and there is also a snowboard building forum on Facebook so I learned a lot on the internet and then uh, I built my first press a really simple press for vacuum pressing and finished my first board on December 1st 2015 and when I finished my first board I was so excited about it that I knew that I I had to start a company and I didn't have any clue how hard is how hard is it to, to make a snowboarding brand. It, it is way harder to make a snowboarding brand than to build a snowboard at home. But I didn't knew that at that time. So what did you do? Where where did you find the information or the, the will then to, to create a brand? Where do you even start oh, yeah. scratching? I mean, if you. Uh, so, when I built my first board, I was so excited to start searching for a name of the brand. I wrote down all the titles of Iron Maiden songs and Moonchild popped, popped out. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best name from all their songs, probably. Uh, and then I started building snowboards at home. I started with custom boards, I got some orders. I think I got some more. Actually, I thought I will build a snowboard. I will post it on Instagram and the orders will come. But it wasn't so. So it, it's totally different. It's totally different in real life. So I have started doing some promotion on Instagram, posting a lot. And then um, I met another guy, Marcus Montgomery, who was uh, working at Capital Mothership in the lab at that time in 2017 was that and then uh, we went riding in Austria a couple of times then he also quit her capital mothership and then we decided decided to start a brand together because each of us knew something and we knew that we can we can be a perfect fit to make a snowboard brand he's more in materials i'm more in shapes and then we started building custom boards. That was our plan at the beginning to do only custom boards. But soon we realized that uh, it will not be enough and that we had, and that then we started building production boards in OEM companies. Now we are building custom boards and production boards. So if he was more into, uh, Mar Marcus was it? He's more into yeah, products and product R&D and you were more into the design side. Yeah, he, yeah, he was working in the lab in Capital Mothership and he's more interested in materials. Like he wanted always to make snowboards really light and and I'm not so much into materials. I, I was always more into shapes than materials. Doesn't matter so much to me than to him. So I think... With my business head on, it sounds like between the pair of you that you were still missing the marketing skills. Of the yeah, my, yeah, that, true. Was that difficult? Yeah, I'm still probably still missing marketing skills because you are still small. But yeah, I'm learning. It's for the last two three years, 
I'm learning only about marketing and not about snowboard building or snowboard uh, design. That's the thing. I'm shifted. Yeah, now I'm shifting to learning about marketing instead of shift to learning about snowboard building and designs. Because when I'm, you have I'm a small really brain. I'm really interested to know about the some of the shapes because one of the things that strikes me about Moonchild is just some of the shapes that I've never seen before anywhere else. <laughs> can can you talk us through how you get to some of these shapes and maybe the specifics of what they do? I mean, these boards like with very thin um back tapered. to them. Tapered, yeah, the yeah. tapered back is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And also the one that looks like a fork that's got like holes at the front. Yeah, talk, it's, talk like a, it's like a it's like a it's like a kitchen kitchen uh, spatula. It is yeah, actually spatula. Yeah, that's it. Spatula, <laughs> a kitchen spatula with uh, some holes in the front. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, some boards. Yeah, I actually I really like to experiment a lot of with shapes. Some are made for um, for artistic reason to for. For fun project and others are made to learn something new about uh, these shapes and designs. And yeah, that kitchen spatula—it was more of a fun project. I, my wife sent me to a grocery store and uh, I came back with a small spatula and got an idea: what if I would build a snowboard like that? And it came out really nice. I still have that board and. Uh, yeah, it looks really great. It's actually the holes are in the front of the board, so you can imagine it slows you down in wet power a bit, but it works perfectly in dry power or on groomers. You can see spray uh, through spray spray through the holes in the front of your board through those uh, holes when you are riding powder. It doesn't spray into your face. Uh, no. Maybe to your waist or to your knees. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, That's that, 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 one, that one is more an art project than uh, something else. So that's not a production board then? No, no. Uh, no, our production boards are less crazy because yeah, snowboarding is pretty niche thing and those crazy shapes are, would be niche in a niche. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the Malibu, which I think is, yeah. is sort of like your sort of signature board almost, or it looks like it on the on the side. Yeah, true. Um, and that's it's got like a sort of standardized front almost, uh, quite wide, and the rocker and stuff. But then the, it really tapers. Uh, yeah. I mean, how, how does that feel? Why why did you go down that line, and how does that actually <laughs> feel to ride? Yeah, I, I don't think it is so tapered. I feel now with uh, I'm doing some really crazy uh, shapes with skunkers and I have ice cream snowboards, which is way more tapered. I really, I actually, I really love tapered snowboards. I even um, a lot ice cream theory about those tapered snowboards. Uh, so those boards are really wide in the front and uh, narrow at back foot. That means you will flow float in the powder really good. Then you will never your nose will never sink. And there is another thing um, with those taper boards. When when you angle the board on uh, when you angle the board, you can imagine your your board is the the wide your board is widest at the front contact point. And when you tilt the board, you contact your edge contact the snow in the front where the turn so it initiates the turn instantly so it's really quick from edge to edge those so if you have if you have really wide boards they have to be tapered otherwise they are really slow from one edge to the other edge and another thing is that they're super good in powder they float really well you can have you can have um, your weight balanced and both fit and you have Way more control than leaning back on your back feet, back foot. Is that just because there's less drag behind, or uh, no? Because uh, you mean uh, because uh, you have bigger surface area in the front, so front will always stay at the top of the snow, oh, and no. you can step on your front leg. You can push more in your in the front foot. 
Right, right. And then how does that relate though when you're like on a groomer, like on a piece? Yeah, it works as I said previously that uh, it's really quick, uh, quick from edge to edge. Now uh, I think is those really tapered snowboards like ice cream. You can lose control at the exit of the turn because there is not so much edge at the back foot. You know what I mean? That there is no such a big radius at your rear foot. So you have to be really careful when it's really steep or icy terrain. It's if you have, but Malibu is really good. If you have paper boards like an ice cream, that one is way more tapered board like than Malibu. Malibu is pretty okay. It's pretty, I would say it's pretty usual board. Right. Okay. Yeah, the, the ice cream one looks so tapered that you'd almost, uh, it looks like my foot, I mean, I've got small feet, but it looks like my foot would almost not fit across the back of the board. <laughs> Do you have a problem yeah. with that? Yeah, that could be a problem. So you can't mount 90 degrees to your back foot. You have to 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 mount a posi posi or something like that to mm. your back foot. Got you. Because yeah, it's really narrow with your back foot. Actually, yeah, the experimental version version was way more tapered now, and now I'm doing it uh, as a production board at uh, Skyncourse, and it's mellower version of my prototype which is not so tapered but it still reminds on ice cream in your cone so it's called cyber ice cream and then um a couple of boards that i looked at they seem to be like volume shifters so they 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 ride quite short would that be correct yeah true yeah yeah actually all moonshine snowboards are volume shifted except uh, twin tips but we are not doing many twin tips you want to focus on how the directional boards. Yeah, for us, it's no point to, we even can't compete with uh, Burton Capital, with 20 boards, they have a budget for strongest teams, but we can compete with them with our shapes. That's nice. totally different. So when I was looking at, um, coming back to the Malibu again, and um, the split, which actually looks absolutely stunningly beautiful i love the graphics it's amazing um, on the Malibu split, yeah. yeah on the malibu split yeah the sort mm -hmm. of woods fading into the dark yeah. it, look, it looks beautiful um but you you only do that in a 158 and when i looked at the the rider profile and everything it was suggesting that i should be on a, a 152 if the solid so would the split still work for me or would you think i'd be too light or too is there a reason why there's only 158? Is it because it's difficult to manufacture a split and you've just sort of made one size? Yeah. Or... Actually, actually, we don't... The split board, we actually, that's the one board we don't have production. We don't have OEM, OEM factory for our split boards. And we, we actually don't build a lot of split boards. We don't... We don't see ourselves as a split boarding company. Uh, so we have only that model and then we can customize that model. We have one, actually we have joined forces with another snowboard builder in Portugal with Hugo and he actually builds our um, custom boards and our split board. So that split is made by order. So we can always tweak some things on that orders. Oh, okay. So you could get a, a smaller size made up. Yeah, on that, we can do that. Okay. Like a, like a custom board. Yeah, right. but we are not, but we don't actually we don't want to specialize as a splitboarding company because everyone today, I think there was a huge demand for splitboards since five years ago, and then every every company started building splitboards, and I think now there there are there is enough of splitboards from other brands. Yeah, I think a lot of um, a lot of the main companies sort of basically just took their best selling model and and then split it in half. Yeah. Which didn't necessarily make a good split board. Mm, true. Is it yeah, a private want... company in, in Portugal that makes the uh, split boards for you? How does that work? Uh, actually, there is a guy who has a small work, small factory actually in Portugal, Hugo. He is building his own snowboards, fresh line snowboards, and he's also building surfboards. 
And then he was, he's also building custom boards for us and that split board model and another, and he's also building space racer model for us this season. The thing is that I made all the design, I made all the designs for our custom boards and then I sent files to Hugo to Portugal and he builds those uh, boards. Then we have also Marcus who lives in, Marcus is actually from Sweden and, but he lives in uh, Spain. And he has, it's only a couple of hours drive to Hugo's factory and he goes there and helps him with some builds also. Hmm, that's interesting. And some, when you send him some of these designs, does he ever um, sort of write back and say, you've got to be joking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he has some problems, problems with some of the designs, maybe some of the designs uh, uh, have some holes in snowboard and uh, he must double check if it's correct. Right. <laughs> and so then, tell us so, about Skunkworks and tell us about how that came about and, and you know, what sort of stuff you're building, what custom stuff you're building. So I think, you know, our listeners would be really interested in that. Uh, actually, custom custom boards, we are building custom boards under Munchal um, Snowboard brand. And then I have launched Munchal Skunkworks as a sub-brand of Munchal Snowboards uh, because since the beginning, I wanted to, to build really crazy shapes and I knew that there is not a huge market for, for that. So me and Marcus then decided to do less crazy shapes. Well, they are still crazy, but less crazy shapes. But I always had a desire to, to continue with those crazy shapes and I there were so many ideas that I wanted to start with uh, this side project, sub-brand uh, Munchal Skankworks. And uh, I, have three, I have designed three, um, three snowboards for this season for Munchal Skankworks, and they're pretty special. One of them is uh, actually a hybrid snowboard. It is Pauserf Splitboard Snowboard. Because uh, I got an idea. Actually, I'm... Um, Power surfing for the last eight years, I really love power surfing. It's total freedom. It, you get the same feeling as when you have started snowboarding. You don't need big hills, big mountains. You can go to small mount, smaller mountains and feel the same like with snowboard uh, if you're going to the mountains. And I'm afraid of avalanches. So obviously, I'm going to close ski resorts with power surfs. And that's really fun for me. It's total freedom to have both uh, feet unlocked. But oh, there, so, there... so sorry, Yuri. Is, it, is this? Do you are you talking about the um, thing that we can see on the website? That's like without bindings. It's like yeah, true. Two... Yeah. And what? And what? Sorry, what do you call it? Actually, actually, those are pausers. But now for this season, I I designed a hybrid snowboard. It is actually pauser, snowboard, splitboard, all in one. So yeah. I, I wanted to explain that. So that's the Atlas, yeah, the Atlas hybrid. Yeah, yeah, Atlas hybrid. Yeah, it looks so, amazing, amazing bit. Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, when you go power surf into the mountains and you never know what will be the conditions, maybe you need at least ten centimeters of powder for power surfing, and then you go to the mountains and there is not enough of power, and you can't bright that thing. And other times you go to the mountains and you take your snowboard with you and uh, there is perfect power and then you're angry that, that you don't have a power surf with you. So I was thinking about that and I made a um, power surf hybrid uh, splitboard snowboard uh, which you can use for power surfing or for snowboarding. So the deal is you, you hike up the splitboard all the way up to the mountain and then you have on, on that split board, you have this Wiley packs or, or um, Spark packs or any other. And then you mount your traction control pads on those packs. Like, uh, so you you have your traction control spec, traction control packs in your backpack when you're walking up. Then mount those traction control pads on uh, your power surf, ride it like a power surf, and when you encounter track towels now or groomers, 
you just change uh, your traction control pads for regular streetboarding bindings and you ride it like as a regular powder board. So that's all in one. Or if you can imagine if you're, you, you're, you're, you can go to ski lift with a snowboard or to T-bar or chairlift with bindings attached and then you ride down the sides where the power is with uh, power surf. So a lot of new possibilities for power surfing. Until now, you need you needed snowshoes for power surfing or uh, something else. Or... And then with the the traction control pads, you called them. Yeah, yeah. What, what are they made from? What are they fabricated out? Actually, they're made out of plastic. They're still in prototype phase. This season, uh, I print them, three D printed. They're three D printed. Okay. I'm in the process of uh, searching for production for them. They're really expensive to be printed, but they work for now. I, I have tested them last season, 3D printed, and I still have 3D printed. And also for the first customers, they are 3D printed, but uh, they are really expensive. And I'm looking for a cheaper production of them at the moment. And then I've never done it. I've never power surfed. I've, I've always looked at it on Instagram and stuff and thought, well, that looks amazing. But I've never really engaged in it. One, because I don't spend enough time in the mountains, unfortunately, to, to mm. what, and just, I don't have one. And, you know, the, all the issues you just spoke about, about the sort mm. of difficulty and, and yeah, I just, you, need, you know, uh, I got, I got per, you, can, you need perfect conditions for power surfing, yeah, otherwise there's yeah. no point. Yeah, so it's, it's all about sort of, you know, timing it brilliantly. I mean, yeah. I'd love to have one just stuck in the van or whatever, but I, I don't, anyway. But with, with these pads, could you, Slot. I mean, they would slot on any spark or or sort of chalk. Could you put them yeah. on any board and ride down, or does it? Do you really need yeah, a big you, sort of power? You, you can, you can, you can. But uh, I tried to put them on my regular split board, but uh, the shape doesn't work for power surfing. I tried because when you are power surfing, you have to step way more back to your towards your tail. Yeah, and uh, otherwise. Power surfing yeah. doesn't work. I, I tried on my regular power surf, and then for my first hybrid snowboard, I have built another shape, which actually uh, didn't work. And then I moved those chalks all the way to the back, and now it's working for split, uh, power surfing and for power boarding. And how about on the way up when you're when you're skinning up? Does it? I mean, presumably because of the shape of the board, you can't. Sort of take anything too aggressive on, like slope wise. Yeah. Is it you got? Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, when you're going uh, power surfing, you don't go to to extreme conditions, to icy conditions. You go power surfing in power conditions. So those boards are shorter also, and uh, wider. Do you, do you need custom skins for a board that's so short? Do you? Uh, no, you just trim your. Actually, I always buy. Uh, Untrimmed skins, and then I just outline them to the shape of the board. Got you. Yeah, just actually, cut the tail off, I guess, and just remount the the tail. Yeah, I just actually, actually, I just uh, I'm using my old uh, speedboarding skis, skin skins. I just wow. trimmed them. Mm. And uh, you, so you're looking. Would you sell these? <laughs> I'm sort of obsessed by the by the things that you stand on. The traction control pads. Is there yeah. a, a plan to sort of sell those separately or eventually if you can find a, a good <laughs> manufacturer? Yeah, I was thinking about that, but as I said, in this special board, that's the problem. A lot of people would buy them for their split boards, but actually they don't work on split board because you, you don't have enough of setback. For your stance, mm. that's the problem. I've got a K2 um, powder board, you know, big swallowtail, well, yeah. short boards, but a big fat swallowtail yeah. thing. Maybe what would be the best if I just wanted to use that? Would it be better to just stick some grip tape on it or something? Uh, yeah, you could uh, put some traction control rubber on it, probably. Right. I, that, that's how I started building. Actually, now I remember that's how I started building snowboards. I cut my old, old land snowboards on half and then I just uh, 
put on some rubber and try it for myself. And that was my first attempt with my own, um, actually my own snowboard. It was actually uh, old land snowboard transformed to myself. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll have to get some tape and stick the K2 in the van yeah, and yeah. give it, give it a go. Should, That'll be the cheapest yeah. entry point. Yeah, just to start just, with just that. Just saw the you... tail off it, Pete. Just chop it. Yeah. Chop it big time. Well, I guess I'll have to That's saw it down the middle. So when you, um, Yui, when you saw, <laughs> saw your boards down the middle to try, do you, um, do you try, like, get a rail in there at all? Or do you just, do they not delaminate? Yeah, no, I, I just tried it. I tried it for one day, so it, oh, okay. it's not a problem. But you, you can always put some epoxy or something uh, when you cut it, and it will be good to go. It should if seal you, it enough. Yeah. yeah, you can seal it with epoxy or, or something, or some other thing, it will be good. Yeah, I mean, with the, the board I've got, well, it doesn't have all the mountains and bits and bobs to, to split on, so... Yeah, you, you should try it, Pulse Surfing. It's... Actually, it's so fun. It's like uh, surfing, but way easier because you don't need to catch a wave. It, the the snow doesn't uh, move like waves. Yeah. But it's way it's way easier than surfing and on waves. Do you need relatively steep ground? Uh, yeah, it always depends. looks to me like if it wasn't steep enough, you just sink, presumably. Yeah, it depends on the depth of the powder. If it is really deep, then you need steep surface probably yeah right so yeah all i can think of is yeah otherwise uh, small hills are perfect for for power surfing i usually I just ride, imagine uh, falling off of it and um and then being left on a very deep powder day with no board after my board yeah, you, you, need, you need a safety leash yeah otherwise <laughs> you, you, you can kill someone <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like surfing but it's, it's surfing isn't it yeah Oh, that looks great. Um, and then changing the subject slightly, with the um, the prototypes that you're making now, are you making those still in your garage? Um, yes, I was building prototypes in my basement till recently, but uh, I don't have a time for everything anymore. So now I'm just uh, designing prototypes on paper on computer and now Hugo is also doing our prototypes, Hugo from Portugal. He's, he has really good setup. He has all the professional tools and I have really um, handmade vacuum press and really simple tools. Um, so it takes me a lot of hours to build a prototype. It's way quicker than for, for Hugo to build it with professional tools. And have you ever designed anything where you've got on it and just thought, what on earth was I thinking? Yeah, probably that's spatula snowboard or some reverse side cutted snowboards. And, oh, and there was another snowboard uh, with reverse side cut in the front and normal side cut in the back. That one was really interesting snowboard. I really experiment a lot of with a lot with side cuts because. Uh, Actually, my best snowboard for powder is a reverse side cutted board. It's shaped like a surfboard. And you are riding it, you're turning by pivoting uh, around the widest point of the board, like on surfboard. Actually, you're not turning by radius of the board. And that makes that board, the reverse side cutted board, really maneuverable. The, those boards are really the most maneuverable, maneuverable boards in powder, but Unfortunately, they are suicidal on hard tech. Those are oversight yeah. cutting boards. You can <laughs> every every um, bump once once make you fall. Uh, so um, I I'm trying to experiment a lot a lot with shapes to 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 get feelings close to riding the oversight cutting board. And uh, the closest board for now is ice cream shaped board to offer those feelings. Yeah, you've and got the one with, the, with the, the sort of lollipop that's got like a little handle almost at the end. I mean, what the hell was that like? Handle. Isn't it like one that looks like a sort of lolly rather than an ice cream? It looks. Oh, like yeah, a... yeah. It's like a ice cream on a stick. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah that's lollipop. Yeah, true. Actually, I don't know from where I got that idea. But you're a screen man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I made it for myself actually, and then we got an order as a custom built for a Japan, Japanese customer, and he's <laughs> riding. He's riding uh, actually half pipe with that board and sending us oh. pictures. <laughs> yeah, okay. Those, yeah, those Japanese are pretty crazy guys. <laughs> oh well, well, good. That's good. The yeah, internet, you yeah. know, links up crazy people. It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, when, when, and when I was building that uh, lollipop high stream and a stick snowboard, my cousin came to me. She was uh, seven, eight years old at that time, and uh, suggested why me to to build um, ice cream in a cone. And I thought that idea uh, was stupid at that time. And but now then I started thinking about it. Now I'm building those shapes ice cream in a cone. And this is for me. This is the best powder board, which is still rideable on groomers now. Really, it feels okay. Yeah, as long as you, the, the terrain is not really steep or icy, then you lose your tail. You lose the back, it slides out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is she on commission for everyone you sell? Because she came up with the idea. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> oh, that's great. And then, go on, Marty. Sorry, you go. Yeah, you're, I'm interested to know about the... Um... The women's boards like the popsicle and stuff like that you know it you know how do those ride and are they do you what do you do in the build process for like the female specific or the lighter rider yeah, the popsicle yeah that's one of our shirts that we have designed and we have um, production of that model and it has a popsicle graphic design on it it's pretty funny graphic design and a lot of women like it uh, it's a powder board. Uh, it's also tapered, not so tapered as Malibu or Skunkworks, obviously. But still tapered, so it's still great board for uh, powder. Uh, but it works pretty good for groomers too. Um, actually, it's a cliche, but a lot of uh, modern powder boards work for groomers really well nowadays. It's not like mm. back in the days. Oh, yeah, for women, we make boards pretty light uh, and soft. So um, that's the main difference between men's and women's boards, that they're just lighter and softer, softer flakes, smaller. And it, and it looks like on the site that you, some of those boards, you don't offer a range of, of sizes in them. What's What's your thinking behind that? How did you come to that? Uh, that's pretty straightforward. If you have a small brand, every new mold cost, costs a lot. So for each size, you have to build and buy new mold. So we can't afford a lot of sizes at the moment. We, we are adding, we have added two sizes of Malibus this season, and we are adding sizes of Space Racers, but yeah, we are going step by step because uh, we don't have any investors, any owners or something. We can't afford to to do every size now. So we are going step by step. Yeah, I got you. And are you just selling um, direct from yourselves, or do you are you placing your boards yeah. in shops and stuff? Yeah, we have online shop. We are doing direct customers only for now. Uh, actually, we 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 are selling to two shops in the United States, but smaller quantities. We might do some core shops in the future, but we want to stay small uh, and sell mostly directly because it would uh, it would uh, make a lot of additional stress if we start selling to shops massively because then you when you order production boards, you need a lot of money for those boards in, the, in spring or even earlier and then you never know when those some something can go go wrong, and you never know when you will get the boards. You don't have the exact date, and maybe the factory can be late, and uh, the shops are already waiting, and it would be a lot of stress for us. It's, for us, it's way better to keep it smaller for smaller for now. Yeah, 
yeah, then to have everything under then to have everything under control. And then, um, so if I stumbled across your website um, or listened to our amazing podcast and then decided to have a look at your website and I thought, well, I want to build a custom board. Do you want to talk us through the process? What if I sort of, I don't know, what would the questions be that, that you would ask of me or what, what information would you need from me? Yeah, obviously about your size, your weight, your height, your uh, foot. Um... And what uh, style? What what do you write? Do you write mainly powder or slopes, or do you? Um, and what style do you have? Do you do, do you want to do some tricks? Do you want to write switch? Uh, that's it. Yeah, but uh, we tend to do all our custom boards in actually in our style because we are really specialized specialized in powder boards and freeride boards. We can build a great sprinty board, but uh, we want to focus mostly on three-eyed boards and powder boards. So I would suggest you to, if you want to build board with us to, to make a good three-eyed or powder board, if you want to build uh, with us twin tips, no, but we still can do it, but uh, that's not our main focus or goal. I would suggest you some, someone else. Okay, so so you'd have like a an initial consultation about what what the rider was after, and then would you then use sort of push them towards one of your existing designs, or would you sort of tweak? Can you tweak your existing designs? I mean, yeah, we can. If we if we tweak our existing designs, then we have to to build the same if we build the new shape from scratch, of, or if we tweak our existing design because. Uh, those existing design. Oh, you are talking about uh, custom boards. Custom, yeah, custom. Yeah, so I, I want a custom, custom board. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I asked them if they like one of those aesthetics of one of those designs, and then if they like one of those noses or tails, and we can use it, or we can design something completely new from scratch. So they have yeah. both options, and they have also option to to do their own graphic designs or we can uh, offer them our graphics with some tweets so we can do some custom text or change colors or something. But um, if they want completely different graphic design, they want they have to send their own designs. Right, okay. And how much would a board like that cost? Say I wanted a sort of similar-ish to the Malibu with my own graphic design on it. Each our custom starts at 1100 euros, so it doesn't matter if it is completely new shape or just a Malibu with new graphics, the process is the same for us because we have to build it from scratch, it's not set yeah. production board. So that's why, if somebody wants just a different graphic design on Malibu, we try to convince him just to take Malibu, so it's cheaper for him and easier for us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you and, and do you get many people contacting you asking for custom boards? Yeah, we have a lot of uh, inquiries, but unfortunately, we can build so many of them because we have only one builder now, which is building our custom boards, and that is Hugo again, and he's also okay. building Concord's boards, and he's building our space racer models. So. We can. We are pretty limited with custom boards, actually. So it's it's good to have custom boards, and some people will buy them. But for us, it is much easier and better if we sell a production board than custom board. But if we want to keep custom boards as well. No, And then um, with regards to we we sort of talked a little bit about um, about starting the business, which is sort of. The fearful side, I guess, of of um, the fear, failure, success, which our pod sort of loosely based on, um, and then we talked about some design failures and things like that. But success, <laughs> where what would you deem? I mean, you're obviously up and running, and you're making these beautiful boards, which is which is successful in itself. But where do you see Moonchild or Moon, or Skunkworks sort of being? What would what would be success to you with these brands? 
Yeah, both me and Marcus, we don't want to, to be uh, rich guys. We just want to make a living off of, out of snowboarding. We just want to make enough money to live out of snowboarding and to, to still enjoy in the process and to, to write a lot. So I don't think that we will be because guru or something like that. We just want to sell enough boards to keep Munchal going and to keep our salaries. And, to, and then we have some, actually we are only two guys for now, me and Marcus, and then we have Hugo Cups of Custom Boards, and then we have another two guys in the United States who help us with shippings and the internet stuff. And uh, they're, yeah, so it's really a small company for now, two guys with some help. And are you having to work externally from Moonchild at the moment? Uh, you mean externally? To... Do you have another job? Uh, actually, I have another income. I help my wife's business a bit. Uh, she's uh, making, she's a cake artist and her, she also um, has cake tutorials and I help her with marketing a bit. So okay. it's another income for us. Your wife's paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's easy. actually it's much easier to make money out of cakes than out of snowboarding. <laughs> Everybody likes a cake. Yeah, and bigger market and snowboarding is seasonal business. That's that stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm only joking. But actually, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, for, for, the, for the amount of people that you are, you've you've made some. You know, for such a small company, you've made some really beautiful boards. So yeah, hats off to you. We we really love what you're doing. Yeah, we are doing that since 2015. And actually, I, I worked in my job until until COVID, and then I quit. But until COVID, it was just a side hustle or a side fund for me, snowboard building, until, uh, until COVID. Yeah. Then now I'm doing just snowboards, Munchal snowboards, Munchal skunk works. And as I said, I also help my wife with marketing on her cakes and stuff. And you've got to uh, teach someone how to snowboard as well. Uh, I don't want to teach uh, snowboarding except my son. Yeah, that's what I mean. You've got to teach your son. And you've got, I mean, a one-year-old, that's that's pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you are really busy when you have a small son and a small kid. Yeah. I didn't know how much time it will take before I have a kid. Yeah, it's okay at the beginning, isn't it, when they don't move, but the minute they start yeah, to move about, yes. you're in trouble. Actually, it's, for six months, it's better than later. <laughs> Easier, I mean, well, you yeah, have more time. You, you have more time in the first six months. Yeah, yeah. The first six months is a doddle, because you could just put them on the sofa and they don't even roll off. But yeah, they, yeah. Then they start to move, yeah, and put their fingers in the in the plug sockets and, and all sorts yeah. of breaks loose. Yeah. 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 I hope then, he will be busy with, with power surfing this season, so he will be tired at night. Yeah, just wear him out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, have you got anything else to add, Marty? And, and if, if any of our listeners wanted to test one of your boards, how would they do that? Do you go to any board tests? you take them around in Europe? Yeah, that's also the problem because we have, don't have a lot of time. We have some guys, actually, as I said, we have a guy in um, at Mount Baker. He does a great job for us. He does a lot of demos at Mount Baker for us. And then I will do demos in Slovenia this season. I have boards uh, at friends ski service and he's demoing them. And, or somebody can call me and pick the board at my place. And then we have a demo board, some demo boards in Sweden from where Marcus is. And so we, we don't have we can we don't have demo days because we are basically basically two two, two guys and two guys helping us. So we can do demos for now. But is it something uh, you're hoping to, to maybe expand into in the future? Just yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Demos, it's it's way easier to to just to, to buy a snowboard if you try it first, especially if it is a crazy shape. Yeah. 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 I mean I did exactly the same last year. We went to Lenorma Split Fest and I 
I got on a strander snowboard. Mm. That was yeah. and the 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 bindings were set. I had the same feet as Matt's who designs them, and the bindings were set in this crazy alpine mm. stance. And I got on it, and I had so much fun. I just came back down, and bought the board, and then I had yeah. to buy new new bindings to or new chocks to. <laughs> and it just completely changed the way i was thinking about what i was doing and everything so <laughs> it's like the one little go it can it's such an experience so you really do need to sort of ride it and yeah it's hard it's hard with snowboards yeah yeah Metz is doing a lot of uh demos with his friends touring around europe yeah yeah he is that, that's good that's for sure good for for business we need to, to work on that for sure. Yeah. He's just got a little dog, though, to look after. He doesn't have a one-year-old, you know what I mean? So he's yeah, got a bit yeah. more time, I think. It's easier. It's easier. It's much easier. We can have a dog than a kid. Well, it depends on the dog, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. Okay, look, it's been brilliant chatting. Thanks for uh, giving us your time. And um, best of luck, man. I hope you, you know, I hope you can, can manage to make a living and, and keep yeah keep thank coming up with sharing. these wacky designs you know thank you for having my, having me on podcast and if you're coming back to Vogo, we can meet and go riding together yeah i'd love to do that I'd, I'd really love to i'd love to try one of your boards they look 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 amazing yeah i really would like to get on one cool, thank cool. You. take care man enjoy the season yeah.